Hey everybody, welcome to another amazing episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, joined by Andrew Harlick, and this is going to be episode 116 with one of my favorite contemporary film composers, Ben Lucas Boyson, otherwise known as Heck. He joins us this week to tell us about his musical influences, his upbringings, the definitive nuances of creating music with soul and presence, along with how his German culture has affected his work. This episode is sponsored by Maxon, the creators of Cinema 4D. For this month of August only, Maxon is running an online special if you purchase C4D by August 31st. You also get the newest version of C4D release 17 absolutely free. In addition to getting free premium access to Cineversity tutorials and resources, which are really amazing, and you can always learn something new about that awesome program, so check that out. You can find out more details if you'd like by going and visiting maxon.net. Here we go, everybody. Episode 116. Let's roll. I was just, um, I was getting myself, uh, ready for our show and I was sitting here and, um, listening to your music and thank you, (laughs) man, no, it's hard to explain. Um, I think you already know what you're doing because you're a magician of this stuff, but like, I don't, I, I only give compliments when I think they're due and, and you're one of these people that can create something and it just holds so much weight. It's really, um, it's, it's amazing to have a call, a talk, talk, a talk with you because, um, your music is really, really, uh, special and anybody that's listening to this right now and don't, isn't aware, go check out any of his music, but I would recommend one of my favorites is the track. Sorry, which I think is really, uh, it's like perfect in all the right ways. It's hard to explain. It's a perfect track though. Yeah. So thank you for coming on the show. Well, thanks for the kind of words. It's very, very humbling. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah. Looking forward to shed some light where light can be shed. There you That's go. Right. <laughs> awesome. Now, I mean, there's, there's a lot to talk about, I think with somebody at your caliber of work and, and one, there's a couple of things I want to discuss is perhaps kind of where you come from, where this, where, where all this music comes from, because when I listen to your music, it has so much depth and you couldn't necessarily convey those things from my experience in life without going through certain things because you're pulling out certain things that only an artist that's familiar with that can, I think from my perspective, so I'm curious about kind of just your journey so far. And then I'll, obviously we want to discuss where you're going and your ambitions and goals and stuff, but maybe we can get a little backstory and kind of dive into that. You know, where, where does a track like sorry come from for you? Um, wow. That's, that's a actually, uh, excellent question. Um, um, I, I might scatter the, the answer for that throughout um, our talk uh, because um, the, the origins of the tracks or albums are very um, yeah very very different uh, they, they stem from very different uh, moments but in just in general um, overall music uh, or composing is, is, is really kind of a catalyst for me, as I think it is for, for a lot of uh, my fellow musicians and colleagues, um, because as a, as a person, I'm 
I'm pretty sunny. I'm pretty, uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm a very uh, light, happy person actually, but awesome. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get it out to the music then. I mean, the, the, you know, it, it's, um, basically conquering, uh, your own fears or in, insecurities or things that just make you nervous or fearful, uh, in the world, just in general, um, are the perfect, uh, canvas for that. So basically I think I don't would be, um, you know, when you mentioned the gravitas, it's, it's, I'm very happy that, that this seems to be um, coming across because uh, that's that, that's what I personally need. I need like music with impact. It doesn't mean it doesn't necessarily mean being loud or being intense or, or, or you know assaulting, but it, it has to leave an emotional impact. Otherwise, it's 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 generic and. Especially um, sorry, which was a was was a track from from, um, from the movie Restive, uh, which is a very bleak movie, really, uh, in the in the best possible way. <laughs> sure, but it's it's not very like um, leisure time uh, movie. <laughs> um, deals with a lot of domestic violence and and, and wrong uh, power relations. Mm. And um, it's it's quite quite bad, and especially that that moment is one moment where you could think. I hope I don't spoil the movie now. Um, where the where the main character is is coming to his to his senses and seeing what he's actually doing, and um, n- never had experienced. Thank God, n- not, nothing like that. But I would experience. I, w- I would imagine that if if you have this situation and and all of a sudden all the madness that you probably weren't aware of before. Um, hits you, what that must be like. It's um, I, I, I think I think a lot of the a lot of the tracks uh, coming from situations that I never experienced that I just imagine how they might be and that they they actually scare me. <laughs> so sure, um, it's it, it's more covering up unknown fears or like sourcing music and art from un, unknown insecurities, if that makes sense. Sure. And diving um, into that, huh? Uh, sorry. And diving into that feeling, I exactly, suppose. That, that diving into it and trying to trying to uh, pre-convert it in a way. Sure. You know, like it was like if you're preparing for something to happen, uh, which hopefully will never happen. But <laughs> so, so, so that that was really an artificial um, uh, an artificial moment there uh, to to. To start from the very beginning, though, I think like I grew up with a lot of uh, just music around me. My my mother was a, a singer, um, and my father was an actor. So he, he by, by nature had a lot to do with music too. But aside from that, he he was just a big music fan. Lots of jazz, lots of, lots of classical music, and um, after a certain point, we were really exchanging a lot about what we liked uh, because. After a certain point, I liked something completely different <laughs> than he did. So um, we really educated each other um, about stuff. So so I had Arteca and Goldie and Source Direct on one hand, and um, Bruckner, Wagner, and Mozart on the other. Um, like I was always surrounded by by music. You know, like we were growing up with a lot of different influences. I have two older brothers who who also uh, showed me a lot and 
you know, we're a very, very musical household as is, uh, but, or as it was, but, um, uh, funnily enough, I knew, I knew very early that this is what I wanted to, to do, like when I was, I don't know, seven or eight. And um, not knowing exactly what, but it has to do with music. And, and the, the, the first uh, time I came in contact with electronic music was probably around the time I was 11. Um, and th that was super significant. I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And, and so I dove into an entire electronic scene, like, like I said, Arteca and Goldie and, and B12 and yeah, well, all the people that were there in the early 90s, basically. And um, yeah, I had a lot of exchange and, and discussions and uh, 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 yeah, well, education together with my parents and uh, we, we educated each other, basically, um, about awesome. what, we liked and, uh, what we wanted to do. So. And, and the one thing I really learned is um, because, oh, well, that, that I'm still like, you know, like a mantra. Sure. <laughs> I mean, for me is, is this, this urge and this need for a certain impact. Um, it le like every track that you hear needs to at least make the attempt to leave a mark. It's, it's quite, quite sure that it won't, like no matter how hard you try, it's pretty much sure that you cannot um, automatically write a significant piece of music, but you should at least try. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, that, that's the attempt, right? Yeah, yeah, I would think so, yeah. And it gives you something worthy to go after, I imagine, too, and to try and find it. Is there a time when you're creating this music and you're fighting against it or you're not able to go in that deep, or is it more of a natural progression for you? Um, it, it was, uh, it was very natural for a while when I was, uh, a bit young, well, younger, but uh, between, you know, 17 and 25 or something. And then afterwards, uh, you notice that you tried a lot of things, did a lot of things and, um, I'm not saying you corner yourself, but it, it doesn't get easier if that's, if that makes sense because, uh, we're just trying to, um, well, I, I didn't try to do anything significant before I was 25, probably, you know, just like doing, 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 doing. And sure. Creating. Becomes, exactly. Yeah. Creating. And, and, and that's, that's very important as, as it is, but as a, after a certain point, you, you know, want, want to make sure that it actually makes sense what you're doing and, um, quit playing in a way, you know, and uh, that, that's the point where I think it gets, it gets uh, more difficult, but also more rewarding because you just change your entire um, thinking pattern and your approach to what you want to do. And especially with with the, the um, difference between Heck and Ben Dubas Boys and would be that I'm limiting myself much more to actual compositional stuff with Ben Dubas Boys, whereas with Heck, there's still, you know, everything's allowed. and um, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask about those two because they're, they seem like they're different personalities all together as far mm -hmm. as your approach to creating music. Um, yeah. I read a couple yeah. interviews on, you know, kind of your origin and a bit about, you know, what, what inspires you. And one of them was just kind of understanding where the, the name Heck came from. And would you mind <laughs> like diving into that a little bit? Cause I find that, I found that kind of interesting as well. 
Uh, yeah, well, uh, I mean, basically, it comes from my um, from from my lack of ability to find good names for things. <laughs> um, to be honest, because I was just thinking, you know, I need something very IDM, very late nineties kind of electronic name, and uh, I really couldn't come up with something really good. Basically, it's, it stems from what the heck. You know, and uh, from from not knowing what, what's happening, what's going to happen, this really random kind of process thing. And and for some reason, I thought uh, that it stays the same phonetically if I just change the K with a Q because it also looked too German to me. <laughs> sure. Um, with a K, that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it, yeah, that, that's really it. Uh, I mean, this is the. And, and and for some reason it's 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 very suitable for the entire process for of, of the all of all the albums. Um because they're they're really trial and error and after a certain point you say, Okay, this is I I am done for this particular project and lock it down and then you start something else and uh, allowing yourself everything, um um you know, don't don't have any restrictions because the, the, the possibilities um of making electronic music are quite uh, affordable, quite easy to learn, um, and so the the actual um, what's it called? Uh, uh, no, I don't I don't know the word. <laughs> the, the challenge that's that's the word. The sure. challenge of creating an album with these um, by, by in this means um, it needs to be something else. It needs to be way more creative. It needs to be way more. Uh, unrelated to your equipment, to your gear, to what you can afford, what you can't afford, uh, when it comes to processing power or synthesizers or whatever, like it should, it has to be completely disconnected from that. It just you, you should make something from nothing, basically. Sure. Um, or, or with very little uh, equipment, which was my uh, situation for quite a few years, because um, uh, in in Germany, if you want to make your driver's license. Uh, it, it will cost you like about well, it costed me about two thousand euros. So uh, normally it's one thousand five hundred, and if you're a little slow learner like I was, then it's two thousand. We should do that in the states too. It'd be less shitty drivers on the road. <laughs> well, that, that that thing is like that. that <laughs> it didn't change. Like you wonder where all the people burning their money. Here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so I had I had to make the choice basically back then. My father said like we, we, because I wanted an MPC two thousand like um, oh those are sick. I remember buying yeah. one of those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. they were about the same price on a driver's license back then. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty expensive. Everybody yeah, wanted them so, though. Like Jay so Dilla that, had them, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, that? I remember all the DJs here and just um, beat makers had those out mm-hmm. here. Oh man, I wanted one of those so badly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have it still in the basement. It doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> What's the original? Like the the point of where it's, where it all started. Awesome. Um, that it was absolutely sure when my father said like you can you can either have this. Or your driver's license, like this, didn't took ten seconds to be on the bus for the next two years again. So it's no, it's no problem. <laughs> and so I got this um, uh, MPC, and, and it actually had a, um, it, it broke after a week, and um, <laughs> had like some internal circuit 
problem. And I had to send it back to Akai and they didn't send the manual back. And that was before a time, or at least in an era, we just cannot, an uh, area where you cannot um, just download the manual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and they, they would have charged me like an extra 50 bucks for it. So I just said, no. Just going to teach it myself. Oh, and, that's um, difficult. <laughs> that, that, but it felt very natural. I mean, the architecture of this this thing was fantastic, mm. and I probably missed a couple of important bits. But it, you, you really grow together with this. Like this was all I had. Like no computer, um, no nothing. So basically, I had to create tracks on this, which is quite difficult with like a one point nine kilobyte hard drive no it's not even a hard drive like you, you save your stuff on, on floppies L- little floppies yeah yeah and um, <laughs> we, and, and i feel really old knowing all this stuff now <laughs> we're aging <laughs> yeah. ourselves pretty fast with this <laughs> exactly and i think you know i probably back then had you know if, if you know this that there's a huge hd waiting or you can you can you have all the freedom that actually makes you a bit sloppy. Like it makes me sloppy at least. Yeah. Limitations um, will help you out, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that closes the circle to, to the Ben Lucas Poison stuff where, where not everything's allowed and it's more conceptual and I'm trying to explore um, certain, certain uh, corners and certain um, feels rather than just saying, I don't care, like whatever it will be, it will be. I, I think about that before, which is um, very interesting training actually, <laughs> because I haven't done it in years. Sure. And uh, so I keep these both, pro- both the projects alive, but uh, right at, at this time, it's more challenging and more interesting to, um, yeah, to try to put more thought and more construction work and more architecture um, in, in, into your into your work. Yeah, that's really cool. It's interesting to think about too. And and actually what you brought up was actually, maybe it was perhaps a a weird gift from, you know, life to not have the manual for you to dive in and and sort that out and have a relationship unbiased by anybody else's expert opinions, you know? Absolutely. And, and your curiosity and your drive. I mean, it's pretty obvious that you really, you, you chose to focus on your music rather than, and then take a bus for two years or whatever, you know, like a total inconvenience, but in the spectrum of an artist who's really passionate is a no brainer, you know, which is exactly. Yeah. It's just it beautiful. Like giving something up or, you know, make a choice. At least there's no choice. Like where, where I live, um, uh, in the countryside, um, you, you know, it's, 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 you, you know how it is to get to the city with the bus. So like, there's no, if you do that one, one year more or two more years, it's not, not really a problem. Yeah. So, but getting an NPC, it's like, felt like a one, once in a lifetime opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yes, of course. That was a very special thing back then. Um, oh, it still is. It's still one of those holy grail things. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and actually, still after. I mean, I just wherever I, I, I didn't move that much, but I had like two moves since I got it. And wherever I go, I, I will always take it with me. Like it's been <laughs> years now, but it's just sitting there in the basement, you know, giving you that weird cyclopic look. <laughs> And you come down with this huge dial button, and it's great. It's just great. It's like living history for me, at least. You know, it's pretty good. It probably yeah. takes you back to a time. It always remind you of that time 
um, yeah. where you're just, your music was just this thing, this creative thing. It was just, just something special. And, and remember those roots, I think is it really important. Like you it said, you, you know, being bound by things has helped you design who you are. And, uh, yeah. you know, having limitation is oftentimes, um, the best recipe for creating great work. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I think, I think, especially in times like we're living now, even, mm-hmm. even more so. Yeah. Like, you know, like remembering, you know, but, but, you know, you start buying, uh, gear or software or plugins or especially with software, it's more difficult than with gear because if, if you buy a piece of hardware, you actually know what you have, like you see it. Sure. But you just, you know, binge shopping, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's like, like you know probably all we all do at some point you don't even remember the next day at least well I cannot generalize that obviously but it happened to me that I bought something and I forgot about it until the next day because I had to you know jump on another project or yeah and then the, the tangible aspect of things um, is very important which I um, to me um why I try to maintain a good, um, yeah, a hybrid system, really. Um, a, a lot of things make uh, a, a lot more sense software-based today, I think, but there are others um, that just really are characters, especially gear from the from the 50s and 60s. It's just, it, it's, it's not even romantic. Uh, it's, not, it's not even a romantic tendency that I have when I say they don't make stuff like that anymore. They literally don't do and yeah. for a number of good reasons. <laughs> sure, hardware but, gets pretty uh, big, you know, and you get to have the space to hold it all in there. So, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, but I would be lost without, you know, this, this uh, tape delay from the 50s or 60s. Sure. Um, which is just a character. Yeah. You know, if it gets too hot or humid outside, it just won't really work. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think you have to wait. You know, it's yeah. like you would do with uh, with a, a, a partner in your band, or you know, your guitarist is sick or something. It it is annoying, yes, but it's it makes the process more natural. It actually you know stops you from freaking out and saying like, okay, well then I have to do something else now. Um, Which it, steers it you into a different direction of creativity. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, because it restricts you if it feels like doing so, which, which that's the annoying part. Yes. But um, trying to find alternatives and also have be, be, be creative and problem solving um, is, is a good thing to do, I think, an important thing to do. But well, I yeah. think therein lies the, the soul of what I'm feeling from your work, though, I think, is, is that back and forth. I'm, I'm just trying to dig deeper and understand it even more uh, now that I am able to con- have a conversation with you and just dig in there. But I'm, I'm finding these um, little hints that you're hinting at through these conversation is just the limitation of things or the tangibility of things or the actual, yeah. the lack of things actually creates um, way more almost, you know, for you. And I, I think that's often true for almost all humans that are making something amazing is we want to get to the moon. Well, there's a million limitations against that, but we'll figure it out. Or we want to go to Mars or we want to create great music or communicate with one another over, you know, the internet and create that, you know, 
but through the limitations interesting and i think that like you you're touching on yes. and I'd, I'd love to know more about your thoughts on that but the day and age that we live in now where everything feels uh, to be abundant but it doesn't have that sensibility of things that we grew up with you know yeah yeah i mean the 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 Oh, at least my personal engineering rule uh, is like no software, no piece of hardware will um, save or help you. You know, they're, they're only good and useful if you actually have um, an idea that they can support. You know, like it's not, um, yeah, it's, it's not the other way around. And um, more often than not, that is very. Uh, I'm very painfully aware of that because they, you know most of the stuff you just never finish, or you you don't finish it because it's not good enough of an idea. Or especially in commercial work, as we all know for sure, you have to make a lot of compromises, and um, so so you really have to. There's like one small spot, which is a personal album, probably where you can really retract and and exclusively play by your own rules and, 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 and find out about your own set of values. And I think, I mean, as a, as a 17 year old, I would have dreamed of the, of the world that we're having now, you know, sure. you can have a controller for almost no money or a lot of really, really, um, good software for also almost no money, but it, it makes you lose focus. <laughs> yeah. It's Do you think it's too distracting? Um, I think it, it doesn't have to be. You know? Sure. Like I, I'm, I, obviously, all I can say is from from my own perspective, but I, I feel like I'm completely blown away by the by the possibilities that we have today in, in, in all the creative fields, and I wonder how. Well, that's more a question to the universe in general. I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. I, I wonder how the how the generation that keeps that that that, that starts making um, uh, music and art and film right now feels about all these opportunities. Like I'm, I would really wonder where to find out more about that. If if they, if it's just natural or um, if they have similar experience to what we probably had. You know, they're trying to get into gear and stuff in the early 90s. Yeah, I have this talk quite a bit with Andrew, and he's yeah. uh, Andrew, what you're like nine years younger than me? Uh, I think so. I'm yeah. 23. Yeah, so 23, so nine yeah. years different. So, and yeah, it kind of trips me out the day and age that he lives in, even with the nine year gap, is pretty different. I think that mm -hmm. it, what he latches on to and what I latch on to. Is, is totally different, I think, in most in most realms. What do you think is the main difference, Andrew? Uh, it's kind of hard for me to say because I haven't experienced as much as you have yet. Yeah, but I think like, the way that you guys are consuming things at your age and, and stuff is a different different realm, I think, obviously, right? I mean, I, I've been growing up consuming probably faster than or consuming more faster than you did growing up just because it's all immediately at my fingertips yeah, yeah whereas yeah. it was i guess nine years ago hard or nine years earlier when i was then when i was growing up it's like probably a little harder without like the internet like wikipedia alone 
that resource getting through like high school was like a, a godsend. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine. That. I didn't have anything like that. We'd have to go and scour textbooks and stuff yeah, to get that. Like, I can't even imagine. <laughs> that was that. crappy. That was really crappy. Well, how do you, Ben? How do you maintain your mental clarity? You know, like you mentioned, being overwhelmed by things or just like kind of thinking about the option the opportunities and options that people have today but how do you personally maintain your mental clarity when you're going through and creating things like this do you have Uh, a system or is it an intentional thing or i i think it is uh, it's a good question because i i think just what 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 andrew said i mean we're talking about a nine years different that we're probably the you know the same distance um andrew and i as well they um born in 81 so it's it's not that long ago actually but it it almost sounds like we're talking about a, a 30 years distance. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 that far away it's it's a decade yeah even more than a decade so so i wouldn't consider myself uh oh like being born in 81 is in, you're not really old in 2015 but you you still had that you actually experienced times before the internet which is interesting and uh, yeah i think that, that obviously obviously opened so many doors and uh, my my personal feeling towards the the um yeah many opportunities and problem uh, like um, um, um options is that i personally don't don't need most of them um, I, I I find to be I mean the, the entire inventor spirit that is behind that we technically can buy uh, ten new plugins a week if you want to or um, also hardware. Um, I I really try to keep it down to to certain very basic principles that if if they didn't work forty years ago, <laughs> you know, with certain compressors or EQs or something, if if, if you know, then then I'm not skeptical, but it will take a while to convince me. Yeah. So yeah. Um, no, no, I'm 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 personally not very technical, so I always go with with my gut feeling. If something sounds right, it is right. And it for some reason it fails to impress me that certain uh, yeah certain pieces of hardware have certain features, or you know we said okay this. But how does it actually improve the results? Does does it really help the result? And I think, um, you know, I, I it, it would be a, a very bleak world without this kind of inventor spirit. I think it's very important. Yes. It's not even, it's not even um, the, the result is not always important. You know, probably you try something and then you said, okay, well, we really tried hard to develop this controller, but it doesn't seem to be working out that's fine you tried that's the point you know it might lead to something fantastic if not that's also cool <laughs> sure but, sure uh, it's the it's the journey of going there though right the unknown exploring exactly. pushing the boundaries of our understanding of the things around us absolutely absolutely and and i, I still try to keep it really like um i'm I don't sit on a gigantic pile of stuff because normally I work with something, if it turns out to be irreplaceable or very important, then obviously I keep it, but it's, it's, my setup is very reduced still after 10 years because I noticed it's like if, if I have my go-to stuff and I can do the things that I need to, and it's like, so, so I think I'm pretty sure 70% 
of what's happening out there is just passing me by um, because <laughs> I'm not actively looking for it. Or you know, do, if, do you feel I'm, a longing for that? The unknown of there's a possible. Let's say there's this one epic plugin or something that you just don't know but it's there is there is there a curiosity from you as far yeah, as that? yeah curiosity but more like a weekend activity um if that makes sense like yeah, sure, for example, sure. if, I, if i if i run into um you know a certain border uh and and don't know how to solve a certain problem I, i'll ask around and and then normally a wave of information is crashing down on me um <laughs> but um yeah, like like I said, I have I have a well, my equalizer that goes on everything uh, is yeah 50, 40, 50 years old. Awesome. Um, the 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 this custom limiters, you know, it, it's it is it is more like small stuff, but very very distinct stuff. Sure. And and sure enough, it will work. You know, it it will work on on everything. So I guess it's more and more an approach to two things certain uh, friends and colleagues they can only create if they really start from from scratch every time also gear wise you know like make an entire album out of stuff they never used before hmm. um which is just a just a it's a fantastic approach uh, it's, it's it's a my approach but it's just a fantastic approach and whereas i'm the opposite i have to know what i'm doing to create something new so i have to be very very um you know, very, very familiar with, with what I have. Um, you know, I'm not a super fast learner. I'm trying to learn um, Kima, which is a very interesting um, programming language, if you will, hmm. um, in, in the realm of Max MSP and, and Super Collider and these things. Uh, and it's incredibly hard for me. And it's <laughs> yeah. on, on the machine for like two years by now, or even longer. And I'm making very little progress because it's highly fascinating, but it's also very academic, at least to me. And sure. I always wonder if that's actually the way I work or if I'm at heart a musician, even though I can't read notes. So or I can't read badly read notes, but it, in, in the end, it comes out like it, it comes from the heart and it comes from the stomach and, you know, it's a, it's a bodily thing. And I, yeah, I've, I'm just very curious, you know, like I've, I'm, I'm not overly, um, when you said longing, I'm not very, you know, I'm not pushed by a desire to find out more constantly. Mm. I'm, I'm interested in find out what actually will improve my work. And um, not, not for, it just really for the sake of improving work, not for the sake of finding out what's new. And yeah. uh, but if it, for example, the, the entire, looping scene you know like uh, a lot of great musicians um base their their music on looping yeah. and and um which is which is great but in certain cases it, it just always means um you, you you gotta wait for three to five minutes until the track is actually developing which is a, a very weird way of, of shaping the dynamic um, of, of, a, of a musical experience for me. Like sometimes the track has to kick in right away or, or never take off or something, you know, but th that's what they, what, what a lot of them have in common. And I always wondered, because you can see how much of an effort this, this can be, 
and how, how technical versatile you have to be to do it. But the result is not necessarily with, without hating on my <laughs> fellow musicians. It's just my personal experience. The result is not necessarily musically rewarding. And this is, this is what it's all about for me, that it's musically rewarding. It doesn't matter how it's done. Yeah, I think that's one thing to also remember is if you're listening to this and you're understanding his creative process, that's for him particularly in his own particular way. I think there's certain things that you can pull from this, but like with anything of information, you should take everything with a grain of salt. That's my only big opinion on everything. It's, mm. you know, you might have this one thing that makes you excited and turns you that way. And then somebody else might have something else that's completely different. But yeah. at the same time, yeah. you're conveying the thing that's most important to you, which I think for the music that you create that I'm experiencing from a, as a fan standpoint is that it has this gravity that, um, that you're able to really capture. And that only comes from these habits that you're setting up for yourself. Like you're saying, discovering things using the same tools and limitations, but building into it and finding what that thing is telling you. I mean, how many notes are there, um, in the scale? There's what, 10 notes or 12 notes or something. Well, counting the half notes. So that's the thing. Yeah. We have very little, you can make so much with very little basically. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not, it's not much at all, really. That's that's the interesting thing. It's it's not on a on a frequency level. It's not really a lot. It's nothing and really. Yeah. Sorry. It's really nothing if you think about it. I mean, the, yeah. the the difference of it. It's 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 actually ironic how much music has been created from such a very small finite thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 as if it's um if you looked at it visually, it would be like a the tip of a needle. A very yeah. fine needle and and that it opens up and it's as big as the moon or something how much has been created from that one small you know atom sized thing it's yeah. very but that's the beauty in music though is the limitation like you're saying but at the same time exposing that and, and building from there you know absolutely i mean uh, if if there's something like a role model for me it might uh I will never get tired of saying that. Actually, it's uh, Avopat, really, um, and uh, because it, it was the first time I've learned. Uh, he's an Estonian composer. For for everybody who might not know him, I cannot stress that enough. Listen to Avopat will be the most rewarding musical experience. Oh yeah, I never uh, heard. I needed to check this out. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I write you the name right now in awesome. uh, Skype. Oh, sorry, who did I send that? Oh, to both of you. Okay, awesome. Um, and he's an Estonian composer um, who's um, basically writing very um, uh, well church music in, in the in the wider sense, um, and. His uh, approach was to really leave out in a, in a nutshell. I mean, there's there's a lot to learn and read about him, so I'm I'm, I'm not going to take that um, away. <laughs> but uh, he's um, he's trying to do as little as possible. Like the pauses are even more important, I think, sometimes than yes. the actual notes played. It's more how pauses and notes go together, and the, the arrangements are so stripped down. <laughs> that it's feel like acupuncture 
you know, the the the, the moment hits or the orchestra orchestra in that case because he, he doesn't play but he writes for orchestra. It is um, it is unbelievable. I'm I'm happy to point you out into uh, uh, into into certain directions or certain uh, works of him. Because, I'd love uh, to see. Yeah, if you have anything, we can share with the audience too. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, the the, the, the classic is 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 um, number one hit. Basically, is is Fratres. Um, it's. Uh, yeah, it's a highly interesting piece that is very minimal and yet has to, had been translated into a number of different performance ways. You know, it's, it's played with 12 cellos. Next time it's played only with piano and solo violin. Uh, another time it's been played with an orchestra and yet it is one of the most reduced pieces I've ever heard. And it's, yeah, it's, it's very universal. Epic. <laughs> yeah, ne- never gets old. And um, yeah, if, if you just dig through his work, I, I personally not not a big fan of his super early work. Sure, he was really made this uh, highly experimental, almost musique concrete kind of stuff where I, I, I can't connect to that really well. But everything after Fratres and like from from eighty one to to present is unbelievable and. Um, yeah, rewarding. It doesn't even have to. It doesn't really. I mean, he wrote it from a highly religious standpoint, and it, since I'm not very religious, I had nothing to do with it. But I, it, it just shows that that music is a lot bigger than than all of these things. Yes, you know, it, it's, it's a just, language. Sorry, it's a language. I think you know exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That 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 will just grab you. Yes. It's very hard to miss in his case, I think. Um, it's a very rare experience. It's great that you bring him up. Um, I can't wait to check his work out. And one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about is, is the restraint in your work. I think oftentimes the thing that I really love about the work that you've been able to compose is the silence, the breaks between it. When you have, um, it's the limitation, basically it's a restraint on a mature level. It, when you have breaks in silence or pacing, mm-hmm. the, the big parts are very, very big because you know what the small parts are. And I think that's really a testament to your level of craft because you're able to know how to push those boundaries. I think that's oftentimes lacking and missed in a lot of people's work when they don't have that breath, basically. It's, it's all or nothing. And I think the best things in life have that balance between the two. That is... Thank you. Um, <laughs> I mean, this, you know, I, I think there's, you know, I, I'm obviously a fan. Everybody that's listening knows this, but I, I think it's really cool for us to talk about why you're making these dishes, these these decisions, and like you said, like getting inspired by Arvo. So, like, you know, his, you know, when you discovered his work, did you understand, like, wow, he's putting so much stuff here? I haven't listened to it yet, but he's putting so much here, but there's so little, and it's only feels like a lot because the gaps in between you know uh no it was actually the complete opposite really uh, yeah it was the complete opposite my 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 father gave me i think he, my, my father was um uh sick of me listening to Arteca and and hardcore uk drum bass all the time so for <laughs> uh, one christmas he gave me uh the city this Fratra city where like a number of variations were on and um 
yeah, I, I listened to it and I thought this is terrible. It's <laughs> 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 basically an orchestra and the cellos and the basses are playing one note for nine to 13 minutes, depending on the variation. And the rest of the orchestra is just playing intervals around it. So, and mm. uh, for nine to 13 minutes. And I said, where's the climax? Where's the high point? Where's, uh, for lack of a better term, where's the drop? <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, which and, is what you're looking uh, for in EDM. EDM's all about the drop. Exactly, especially if you're, I was what, 15, 16? <laughs> it, it was like my, my, my father probably at that point thought I was way more mature than I actually was probably. Um, or, or he wants to introduce a certain level of maturity, which um, worked two years later. And I, I, I kept on listening to this stuff because um, th this exchange with my parents, this artistic exchange was very important to me at all points. So I, I, I know if they, if they show me something, they, they do that for a reason. Um, because they would also exclude certain stuff, you know, where we, where we know we're not on the same page about, at least there's no, you know. Um, and I remember sitting in my room, listening to that again, um, late night, and it just happened. I just, it, and I, I don't know how, but it was like this, you know, a typical puberty moment <laughs> on musical terms. <laughs> uh, we just thought, oh, this Oh, this works, <laughs> this works, and this works, and this is their way. It, it was like, you know, not knowing anything sure. about stuff. It just happened. And um, this is why I'm saying, even if it, if it doesn't explain itself to you right away, what, when you when you listen, like, give, give it a shot. Like, it's worth it. It's so worth it just sitting down for uh, two years. <laughs> yeah. um, listen to these versions it is it is uh, heartbreakingly beautiful and 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 i think um it is a it is a simple matter of maturity um i i, I wouldn't be surprised if the majority of 15 years old uh, 15 year olds cannot be interested in in our pad that's fine it's more if you're looking for this probably without knowing it yeah, you and didn't know it though, huh? Your dad just felt like maybe you were mature enough and ready to kind of yeah, embrace it. Took another two years, though, but <laughs> sure, he, he was investing, let's say, and um, it yeah, it, it was it was very good, and I think that's where I learned that that pauses, to put it very simple, pauses are just as important as um, the actual music, the notes, and I've. I have a long, 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 long way to go to um, until I have the same understanding of that, I think, because it's very difficult, actually. It sounds very simple, but it's quite difficult. And yeah, Avopat uh, or his works are really, really helping me a lot to, to yeah, m mature in that process still. Um, yeah. Being able to kind of understand the restraint and the power of so, right? The, the structure, like the, mm. the, the, the power of contrast, mm. you know, if you have, a, I mean, I, I, I personally think it's very interesting to have tracks that are dynamically basically the same from start to finish. It can be very intriguing, but in, in general, music works in dynamics. Um, it, it needs breaks, it needs ups and downs. Um, it, he, he 
explains that literally um, so well. And um, that, yeah, that, that, that he just stays being interesting. You know, he's, it's, it, it, you will, the older you get, the more differently you will perceive certain works. Um, and for example, I, I always hated Bach. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I was just going to yeah. bring him up, actually. Sorry? I was actually going to bring him up. The composer, oh, right? Uh, yeah. 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 It's, it's again a maturity <laughs> question. But, but, but for, for what were you thinking about, about him or why? Well, yeah, I've been, I, I've, know. Uh, well, I think we're talking about the same composer. I've, I found this one guy. I can't pronounce his name. I just put it in the chat. He's a oh. cellist, right? Um, See, yeah, now, th- him I don't know. See, that's good. So, no, <laughs> how, how would you say that his name? Uh, Mr. Love, Rostopovich. Oh, Rostopovich, probably. Yeah, Rostopovich. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I wish the first S is silent because otherwise I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it has to be. I I came across. Uh, I do oftentimes. I'll just dive through YouTube and and find. Yeah. I'm a big fan of cellos and stuff because it's the one instrument that's really close to the human voice. So it's almost like yeah. it's somebody singing, but it's much better because it's not somebody singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I found this guy's work and it was just um, the way he plays uh, is just so um, like delicate. If you listen to the first notes in this track I just sent you, the way he plays it, it's just like, oh, man. And you watch his expressions, too. He's totally you know, to, to change computers because the the beauty of living in Germany is that YouTube is very restricted to certain musical material. Oh wow! Uh, because they have an issue with the with with the with the German uh, royalty collecting agency. So I just uh, have to uh, open it on the other computer where that is not a problem. Oh yeah, later on I'm sure. No, no, I'm, I'm, I would love okay. to. You're gonna. I think you're really gonna love it. It's, you're gonna understand what he's doing instantly. I think. Um. Yes. Uh, especially Tchaikovsky. Um, that oh is, yes, of course. Yeah. I think there's these. You know, I, I need to research him some more. But I feel like he's somebody that has been doing this obviously for a very long time. Yeah, and you you yeah. feel it in everything that he's doing, like every effort and every you know everything yeah. that he's can, can building. It's it has this gravitas, you know, this beautiful sensibility, you know. Absolutely, uh, especially Tchaikovsky and and um, uh, what's his name, uh, Rachmaninoff. Oh uh, yeah, that yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's see. Deep, deep, deep. There you go. That's what. That's one thing I really love about music too is sharing it too, and and exposing other people to great things and letting that inspire. Because who knows, maybe you will hear this and the way he's playing it, and it might inspire you to make something great as well. And yeah, and just have this kind of. Uh, Alex exchange, you know, so. Absolutely. I mean, this is to, to, to go back to, to, to an earlier um, statement of yours where you said it's incredible how you do so much from so little that the performance of certain pieces, especially with orchestral pieces, 
it makes all the difference. Makes all the difference. Like it could be just slightly slower, mm. and it will have. It's the same note, same setting, same instrumentation, but it will have a completely different effect. So the the actual changes um, and and what affects your music is so subtle sometimes. Yeah, it's unbelievable. There's this uh, Fauré Requiem um, uh, by um, Gabriel Fauré. And I have uh, a couple of um, versions of it, but there's only one that I really, really like. And for for reasons that I had to figure out for months and years, (laughs) Hmm. it's just slightly slower. It's it's not as fast as the other recording. And then that's really it. They're both recorded equally well. Um, There's there's no, um, you know, no major difference, but the slight difference that is there is so important. It's scary. It's scary. Sure. But those little nuances though, and only something that maybe you would capture, you would be able to have that tuned ear for it. But, um, the sensibility of those little, those little differences and changes can mean the difference. I was going to ask you too, what's your thought on where music is heading and, and, you know, um, what are your What are you thinking? I mean, there's 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 also there's also in this conversation a side of the business side of actually creating mm-hmm. a living and feeding yourself and supporting your, mm-hmm. yourself and your family off of creating music. Music actually, as we all know, has one of the first industries to really get smashed on by the the adaptation and change of technology. But it's also mm-hmm. been beneficial for some people. Um, what's your outlook on it? And do you think that we're always going to be affected as strongly as we are by music, you know, a hundred years from now? And is it, oh, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know for sure, but sure. Um, do you think about this stuff at all? Or is it kind of something that you just let it go and let it become what it is? No, no, sure. I mean, I mean to the the entire topic of, why create something um, from the heart and to the heart in the greater scheme of things is, I think, worth at least a number of individual podcasts <laughs> on that topic. Yes, of course. It's very, very difficult, I think. But the, um, you know, we, it's, yeah, no, no, it's, it's very it's an instantly complex topic, but I, I, I do hope so because... Um, I mean, the music as we know it is not even that old. And there's, you know, in in terms of uh, how long we are around as a species. So, I, and, and since we explored pretty much everything that is technically possible, not note and scale-wise, within, I don't know, a year? <laughs> like, yeah. that, that's how we imagine it, because uh, clever people might have figured it out right away. Um, for, for for me, it's it's so much more than the than the uh, sum of the individual parts. It is it's more really a need. It's not so much something that you can learn and you just perform. Mm. It is something that that you must have a longing for. And I, I say that very in a very romantical way. Really. Sure, sure. Um, but it is a romantic thing, though. It is. It is. No, I mean, I mean, for, for for me, it is a heartbreakingly romantic thing. It's the love of the life, um, absolutely, because it's you know, it's it's saving you and helping you and supporting you in good times and bad times. So it is 
highly romantic. Um, and I think as long as we have the, that need, you know, and I have the need for this uh, universal uh, support, um, it, people will see, you know, keep, keep on inventing and writing and composing and trying to find ways. That, that's, that's what I meant earlier, even though I don't take part actively in the development of, of pushing new techniques forward. Um, as much as I could or should probably, I'm very, very thankful that people are doing it because it's important no matter what the result. So sure. they're, they're fighting on, on, a, on, a, on the, you know, they're, they're fighting a good fight. <laughs> sure. What's the future so. of music look like to you, do you think? Hmm. Good question. You mean? Just yeah. in general, the way we interact with it. Because it's become very disposable, as we all know now, with YouTube yeah. and, and everything. And how how do you how do you, how are you thinking that people are going to maintain people's attention for a longer spirit period of time or a span of time? Because that's really what it's coming down to now. It's it's almost like an attention war. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. I mean, I mean, in a pop pop sense. Um, I might say something wrong here, but that's just how I personally feel about it. It's, it's fine. That, <laughs> no, I mean, this is not, not meaning to offend anyone, but I think especially the pop music of today, and I exclude the pop music of, of the 80s probably, just um, um, is not made to last. And it's, it's just really, it, it's not the intention. You, you have a number one hit every year, like the like the summer hit or yeah, it's that a seasonal track. thing. Exactly, it's seasonal. Yeah. That's the thing, and and it's it's a different approach. It's what that that's what I meant with longing. If you if you have really the desire for something, um, these these things simply won't do. You yeah. know, like they they will not be enough. If you don't have that longing, then you're happy. Then then you're fine. It's good. It's cool. You're not missing out. I mean, probably you're missing out, but you're not missing something. And I, I guess as a, that, that, that's, that's why I don't see, you know, the, the, the music that we have today, or a lot of the music we have today being, being, um, when you say disposable, no, it's interchangeable. What, what do you say? Uh, the, I would consider it to be a bit disposable. It's yeah. what it feels like now. It's, yeah. um, whereas, um, when I grew up, you would go to, you'd buy a tape or a cassette. I remember the first cassette that I ever owned with a Walkman was uh, the police, you know? (laughs) And I listened to that so many times that the tape burnt, you know, like it, like it's lost its quality, you know, (laughs) after time, because I just listened to it so much. Um, then, you know, just having that. But then when I see now with my daughter and how she interacts with YouTube, for example, she has, every police song ever made and created and then live interviews and like all this stuff. Um, every, like we talked about early in the conversation, the plethora, the, the, the enormity of things, 
Um, mm. but is it better and where is that going? And that's what, as, as far as, as music, as a design, I think pop music, like as, on the topic of top pop music, it's always been designed, I think, in the effort of it attaching an attention so that you could drive up a sale or something like that, or captivate somebody, yeah. which makes sense. You know, the more people that listen to your music, uh, the popularity, and then you can attach other things to it and then you can make money off of it. Obviously it makes sense. Exactly. It's a design. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's the design design has been the same um ever since you know say back before yeah. sinatra and you know even you know when the s- symphonies were making orchestras and stuff you know driving people in to sell tickets and stuff like that so absolutely but now absolutely. the difference though is is the enormity basically of the abundance of it and yeah. what what is that and how how do people navigate to find good music i mean how are you finding good music is it still through friends or are you, are you letting an ai kind of tell you what it, what's good and what's bad and where do you find your taste you know these are the questions i'm asking for mm-hmm. people like at, in the age of andrew basically or are younger like my daughter like where, yeah. where do you get your taste and how do you find the good stuff and how do you distill down what you like you know yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and it's and it's. I think that what you said, abundance, is exactly the right keyword. It's it's really the 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 the, the big hovering word for like why it might be difficult to find music or why um, I'm not taking part in updating all my software every week. <laughs> it's because it's just way too much. Yeah. It's, it's, it's out of proportion to what these things should do. I mean, I mean, obviously as a, as a nerd, there's never enough music for me, but I find myself going back to the things that I always listen to. So re- recommendations from friends really is what, it, what, where I get that from. Um, because I, I, I don't see, I, I might probably be older than I think. I, I'm not trusting AIs to tell me what I like. Like they, they don't know what I like. <laughs> yeah. And if, if any recommendation that shows up on Spotify or yeah, do you or, use do you use Spotify or things like that? I, I do um, to to give uh, albums a better listen, a careful listen. Sure. Because you, it's very hard to do that. Like you can't deal with the YouTube quality, and obviously you cannot pre-listen to entire uh, works on iTunes. Um. So that that's why mostly. Um. It's another very interesting topic in general, but uh, I do. And yeah, Apple yeah, has Apple Music now too, so they've joined the bandwagon, and that's where music that's where music's going. You know, they, they do. Although I I, I I refrained from updating my my Mac Pro since 2010, which is <laughs> which is why still it's working like a pro. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I have, I have this like ancient collection of icons here, um, funny. and and uh, iOS functionality. Um, no, yeah. I th- I think it, it, it's an interesting thing because like the the AI um, is is I th- it has to be more fueled by sales, obviously, yes, yes, than by my listening habits. Because whatever I get recommended. I said, I, either I know it and don't like it, or I don't know it and most likely don't like it. It's not. It's 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 very weird. Like I'm very specific when it comes to that. So um, there's a lot of work to do on that AI side. Sure. When it convince me at least, but I, I would be curious. Um, and why it is probably an excellent question, uh, Andrew. Uh, how would you? 
How, how would you do it? <laughs> yeah, how are you finding the things that you like, Andrew? Besides um, Tinder I mean, or whatever that's to. <laughs> I find all my music through Spotify, honestly. Like, I do so interesting on the machine. Like, right. I mean, a lot of it obviously comes from friend recommendations, and a lot of it is, like, old music that I know that people have already loved, but in terms of yeah. finding new stuff that's coming out now, I rely entirely on, like, either curated playlists from people i trust or the machine and mostly the machine yeah because i I remember before spotify and all that stuff was out i remember having a kind of a a big conversation with a a group of friends and telling them that i know this is gonna it's it's on its way and then before that happened there was a lot of um like bloggers basically people that had a particular taste that you could connect with they would be like well check this out or check Mm -hmm. that out and now it seems to be like the, the Spotify. I think I'm the only person I know that never used Spotify and doesn't use it. It's pretty good. Uh, it's kind of weird. I, I don't know what my problem is. And I'm still kind of even fighting getting the Apple thing because I kind of like this random thing where friends and just people that I know or random people send me stuff and I go, oh, that's really interesting. And, and then I go down my own rabbit hole and I don't know if... I don't know. I always fight this thing like is ignorance really bliss or a lack of knowledge is is just stupidity. I don't know. I'm always fighting that. But where I get my own stuff is, yeah, it's interesting to hear where you're getting it from. I mean, you can use Spotify with that mindset, too, though. Like it, it just depends on how you want to do it. Like you can sure. follow just your friends and what they're listening to. But yeah. I mean, I they have like this new thing where they give you a playlist every week with what like 30 songs that they think you'll like mm-hmm. and i've been listening to that regularly for like a month already interesting it's, just, it's i don't know it's and it's really complete. good then it's curated to something that you like yeah and i mean it's it's kind of it's hit or miss but for the most part it's it's hit for me at least because what's, what's it my, like is it like 60 40 or 70 30 um i would say like 70 30 wow that's yeah. pretty good yeah i mean it's some of the songs i've heard before but there's songs i haven't heard in a while and it's good to like get them back in the rotation like oh i haven't heard that song in a while mm-hmm. it's like it's fun in that sense but yeah. it's, it's another great example for i think why it's important that these things keep moving on go on as as, as much as i wish my you know what want my Walkman back for sentimental reasons, but that's the way the world works. You know, it really needs to go on, and I would insist that it go on. Personally, sure. it's just that also a lot of the music I listen to is really the music from my childhood, or or rediscovered stuff, uh, and it's far older than fifty years, sixty years, even yeah, and like from the first you know a possible te- technical possible recording. So, um, 1920s or whenever that was, I'm not exactly sure, to be honest, but um, it's more for sentimental reasons, you know, because like, if, if you don't want to explore these fields, um, rest assured somebody will. <laughs> sure, yes, of course. I can just like lay back and know that because it will happen, because the, the next generation will discover these things and will work on these things. Probably I don't have to, but um, laziness is not really... <laughs> that's where I'm at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's, a, that's another thing, too. There's so many people on this earth now, and there's so many people interested in so many different things, anything yeah. that we can even imagine that they're already pursuing them. So you might as well just pursue what you're, you're 
um, what you're excited about and what, what gets you up in the morning, yeah. you know, that's the, that's the beauty of living in this day and age though, really. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like they, you, you can't get distracted at any time. Probably it's also a personality question because I'm quite easily distracted if something interesting comes up. So I, I have to make time for the distraction. Sure. Um, I don't want to be like sidetracked constantly. Like they want to say, okay, let me sit down here in the, uh, the, the small halls of mine and do my thing. And afterwards, I see what the world has to offer. So, or, or a meditative state, really. <laughs> sure, sure. Do you have uh, creative habits? And, and if so, what are those for you? Like, do you have a certain particular routine or a habit that you, you know, you mentioned using the same gear? Is there like a, a daily thing that you do when you're creating, or what is that? It's uh, a good question. Um, probably, I mean, aside from from using live as a program, that's from the, from the technical point of view, like Ableton. Ableton, yeah, yeah. It freed me from. From everything, I think it was version two when I like version two. I just I don't even know when that was. Like two thousand three, two thousand one, probably. I don't know. Um, but I discovered then that it really freed me from if you're not a very technical person, and you remember something like Logic Four or Logic Five, um, which was not only incredibly expensive back then before Apple bought it, but it was also quite complex, could get quite, quite complex. And way too complex for me because like I'm in, at heart, I'm just a, a little talent, you know, like want to draw and like do stuff and not care about so much the, the engineering part of it. And um, whenever, I, I, well, my, the latest creative habit is that I stopped listening to music on my phone when I'm out and about. Um, because I just keep myself, you know, if I'm working and then you leave for two hours and you keep on listening to music, you just keep yourself going. Um, and, I, and I found it's highly interesting if you, you know, go out for coffee or, or a beer or something. And on the way there, you don't listen to anything. Um, well, might be old news, but it was news to me, actually. <laughs> yeah. Your mind opens up, your head opens up, you start composing and that's the thing I'm constantly composing like wherever I go I hear things I combine sounds I just it's 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 not a training thing it's just it's how my brain works hmm. and then to find a way to obviously bend that into shape once you're home but um yeah I'm, I'm not sure if that's a habit or almost like a obsessive thing <laughs> sure sure yeah. Well, perhaps it is a bit of both, you know, yeah. and the alchemy yeah. of what makes you, you, which then entails in, influences your work. And yeah. then, and then, you know, at this, the sum of it, I'm capturing it as, like I said, as a fan, you know, which is interesting. And, but yeah. actually, yes, um, I'm actually wondering, um, let you ask that question. I'm wondering myself. <laughs> you so, know, it's, it's, oftentimes it's interesting when I interview people, um, yeah. So sometimes I think they, uh, a lot of the people that we have on the show are, are so passionate and they're just so driven 
when we have the, the episode, they actually get a moment to reflect and think about why do I do these things? Because I'm really trying to dig into these. So it's interesting. It's a, it's a common thing basically that happens on this show. It's just like almost like an episode, like a, a, a sitting at the therapist or something, you know, so <laughs> di- diving deep into it. The question is great. And, and if, if, if I may um, uh, ask about what you would define for yourself or in general as a, as a habit, because I think I'm still thinking about what, about the stuff that I just do because I, because I do it this, uh, permanently or, or if it's more, um, professional creative thing or what, what would you say? What would be, what would be a creative habit for, for you and, and, or what would you file on a creative habit? Oh, well, I think that for me personally, as a professional, it all comes down into habits and how you use those habits and how you use that time because it's all time based, you know? So for me, yeah. it's about setting good habits and those good habits mean, you know, when I sit down to work, I sit down and I work and I take care of that. Um, I make the habit of getting the right tools that I need for the job. And I, you know, the main habits basically are, are, derived around just being intent and focused on my, my goals and being incredibly clear about those, you know, and right. every, everything else, it comes second to that basically, but those habits, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Then, then I probably filed what I, what I said under, um, more creative compulsiveness than, than sure. <laughs> but habits, because like habits will be, um, I mean, the, the everyday ritual yes. for the last uh, eight years is um, switching on everything, let certain pieces of gear heat up if they need to heat up, like two stuff needs to heat up sometimes, Sure, which sure. is the perfect time frame for a coffee, mm-hmm. um, and just without opening up anything, because you're absolutely right, it is all about time. So. It, I have like a fixed half an hour before work starts every day. Yeah, same here. Just like I just float around and I just, yeah, you know, let, let things happen and think about what was yesterday, get in the groove of things and then try to pick up on, on all of that. And uh, especially if I, if I had to come up with a pitch or with a demo for something the day before most most of the time the next day i won't like it anymore or i will think it would sound very incomplete to me even though i probably was happy with it the day before and um, that is something i have to really consider but but by now that is a habit i know i won't like it the next morning (laughs) well it's it's a very big chance and to um that's something that's just changing now because since I'm about eighty percent sure I don't like it the next day, I have to find a way of solving that problem in advance already. Like, what do I have to do the next day? Um, and well, most recently, uh, really not doing weekend work. Interesting. <laughs> this is the only thing I would say I'm getting too old for it. What are you, what are you filling your time with on the weekends then? Uh, not with work, with anything else, with being outside, with being with my girlfriend, with being with friends, with being, anything. Being a human. Hmm? Being a human. That's what I call it. 
So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the machine exactly. works on the week and the human enjoys the weekend. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and we, we, we all know the business and how absolutely self-explaining it is that you just work through weekends and we just made the con conscious decision to say, I don't think so, I have to stop this. Um, because everything's solvable. That is one thing I really learned. Like, mm. no matter what, it is solvable. And uh, yeah, it just it just gets to me on my health and on my nerves and on my mental wealth. And uh, I uh, just can. I mean, yeah, I, I, we all do it for a while. It's it's cool. It's it's normal and probably also expected, but. It should be also expected that you get out of it. And this was um, after, I don't know, eight, eight years, seven years hmm. of just accepting that as a normality. I said, like, let's not do this. It was just trying to be a dogma. It's very, very, very difficult. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, it's, it's good. Enough. So, like, yeah, this is, um, they're not really technical habits, it's more of a structural. And, and social habits that I try to um, embrace and develop. Those can be the hardest ones, so I think, too, because they're they're not as easy to define, obviously. Yeah, and if you can't define them, that becomes difficult. Are you born and raised in Germany, and, and is Berlin your home home city? Are you mentioned uh, being out and outside Germany? Uh, no, I was I was born in the in the very north of Germany, and then lived in the southwest for most of my life and I moved to Berlin 10 years ago um yeah it's, it's this year it's 10 years awesome yeah. well the reason it's, why I ask because I know from experience I'm also part German and, and part of my heritage and stuff and the friends that are from Germany the uh it's you know habits and routines and rituals is very much ingrained in the german lifestyle you know yeah <laughs> and, and and i was curious just to see how much you embrace that um oh hell yeah sure <laughs> yeah okay. yeah I'm a, I'm a, well when it comes to work and processes it's i'm a, I'm a control freak <laughs> okay <laughs> it's a common bad. trend there it's a very common trend i think in absolutely yeah. Like I'm, I don't like filling out forms, but you know I'm very happy when I know my taxes are done and <laughs> all the typical German stuff. Like it, it, it haunts me if I know I have to do my taxes and I, and I don't know about it. so it's, <laughs> uh, it's stuff that haunts me. Or uh, what else? Good question. I mean, I mean the thing is, I'm, I'm half German, half American, and uh, so there's. There's this real, you know, what, what for me is American is really, ah, oh, it's so difficult to explain. Sure, <laughs> sure. It's, it is so different from all the archetype German stuff where you just think, you know, be, like, do you work on time and do your taxes and blah, 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 without, without talking down to my fellow Germans. No, I think it's but, cool. I like it actually, so... It, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's it's, it's, just not, a, it's a part of manifestation, basically. It's like controlling right. manifestation processes yeah. and stuff, and and knowing your you know every, your ingredients, basically. I think it helps. So I appreciate yeah. it personally. I think it's cool. So it is. It is. It Japan is, is very much like that too, from what I've noticed too. So 
I feel like Germany, my visit to Berlin was amazing. And then when uh, I went out to Japan, I felt there was some really similar consistencies between the two countries as far as mind states and processes and habits and stuff. Have you been to Japan yet? No, no, I was just about to ask, like, how, how would you, how would you, where, where were the similarities for you? It would be very interesting. It's like, I've, I've never been. I, th- I and, think, um, I think the cleanliness was, was definitely, um, a unique thing. I think there was a, a pride in the surroundings. Um, like when I was in Berlin, the thing that I really appreciated was, um, it was very old, obviously, um, and the, I never felt unsafe ever. Um, mm-hmm. The parks were just uh, amazing. There was parks everywhere, which I found yeah. to be fascinating. In the States, we don't have that necessarily. We do have parks, but nowhere near <laughs> the amount that I experienced out there. And I think there was just, um, there was a real high sense of, of pride and process in both countries that I experienced. Um, you go into a bakery in Berlin and it's, um, it's just really clean and, and, and you can tell there's a pride in a sense of, of, of ownership and placement for that person that owns that establishment. And you go to a sound shop in a train station in Japan and it's the same sensibility of the person behind the counter takes pride in the things they own yeah. uh, rather than letting it go to shit and having no pride and having no like existence in that surrounding, you know? And then we yes. have, we have a lot of um, confusion, I think in, in, in our country, I think in, in America there's abundance. And I think that abundance often, often leads into these weird rabbit holes, you know, I guess it's good to have it obviously, but the process isn't as, as strong, obviously, as I noticed in countries, say like Germany that I experienced. So it's, it's very true. Even though I would also say, obviously we live in a, you know, in, 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 in times in a society over here where, where there's, there's no real lack of anything. Like the moment there's only the hint of the lack of anything, it actually feels weird. Sure. Um, it feels really, really weird, and e- even though the, you don't embrace it at all times, but I think it's very interesting to uh, to, to notice that. And uh, it was just an exact. Oh, yeah, of course, the internet. Um, <laughs> there was a, um, some some power shortage outside of our house, so and I didn't have internet for like two days, a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Later. It is highly interesting what that does to you, even though I would say like, I don't really depend on it. And, you know, it, I do everything I do actually does. Sure, <laughs> and sure. And, and, and that, that, that scares me a little. So um, that might be, again, you know, tinting towards that age thing. But it, the entire abundance uh, topic, which I find very interesting that it, that it comes up on, on a number of levels um, in our talk tonight. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, because it, 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 somewhat, it's, it somewhat proved to me that the, the less you have to, to work with, the more rewarding it will be. And I'm not quite certain about the abstractness of this expression of this sentence actually now that I said it <laughs> <laughs> well that's the beauty of it because it's undefined and I think it's um, you know it, it takes a life worth living to discover it and and find 
the yeah. where this actually lives i think it's a boundless kind of um concept really if you think about it, it you can constantly it's all subjection and um it's perspective you know yeah, your yeah. your personal lens of reality is is completely different from from mine as well you know so yeah, yeah. what yeah. makes what makes you happiest when you're creating like what, what is it that's making that that kind of captures that element and, and makes you complete i mean allows you to go to sleep at night without like fretting over something what is that Hmm. See another therapy moment there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's important. I think, like you know, for me at least, I I often ask myself what makes me happiest and and what it is. What is it that I'm doing there that makes me happy and why? You know, I, for, for me, my own engineering is I'm I'm always happiest when I've overcome uh, something very challenging. So, but the process yeah. of that on a daily basis is very draining because I have to go through the whole motions. You know, which sure, which yeah. means I have to stay up very late sometimes. <laughs> because they haven't yeah, hit that that beat you know so is is it similar for you or how, how how do you find your own personal happiness when you create um i think because there's um there's no option for me um there's there's not this it's not an option not to create really um with hoping that doesn't sound too cheesy, but there's really no, there's no alternative. And I think the only difference I make, the, the, the distinction I make is the, the, um, the, the quality of the work, because the less I'm restricted, the happier I am, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I am um, really indescribable grateful to, to be able to work in the field that makes me happy and that where I feel useful in, um, even though there there might be a number of projects where I think, well, you know, this is not going to last for eternity, but you know, I'll just pay the bills, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it, in, that is complaining on such a high level, you know, if it's complaining at all <laughs> because it, it shouldn't be, but it. Just the, the plain fact that I sat down with seven years and said, this is what I want to do. And I was um, lucky enough that at least at this point in my life, I can do that. That makes me happy. Hmm. Just the, 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 the simple fact of being paid for all these, you know, weird thoughts that, that actually come up when you, when you're, when you did not sleep enough or when you had probably one beer too much or, <laughs> um, you know, by, by, by stuff that you found by accident, by trying around, messing around with your, with, you know, with your creativity and your, your, and your gear and, um, this weirdness, um, but being paid for weirdness, this is, this is wonderful. And that, that's one thing, but just being allowed and being able and to live in times where we're, yeah, just pursue that dream. Because yeah. basically, I'm, I feel like I didn't really um, develop since I was 15. Because basically, I'm just a bearded kid trying to <laughs> do something, you know, with, with, with like, oh, wow, okay, I have these two things, let's mesh them together. It's beautiful. Like, I'm playing all the time. And 
hoping to get something pretty dark out of it. <laughs> but in, in, in general, it is, um, yeah, it is, I'm, I'm just very thankful. Your existence makes you happy then. Existence makes me very, that's, that's what I meant very early on with, I'm a light person. I'm, 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 I'm a kid basically. That's a, yeah, a bearded kid. I like that one. I'll use that too. Cause I, I'm in the same wheelhouse. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually quite, uh, quite amazing. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty great that we can lead these kind of lives. And like you said, just explore yeah. and play and see what these things, the alchemy of clashing things together and seeing what that, comes of that how was the process of um working on sundays because i've i knew of your work prior to that and then misha had told me that he was um collaborating with you on that and i was like oh this is going to be so epic <laughs> and i knew it was going yeah. to be because um my from my standpoint as a film lover and a filmmaker is that i think yeah. that music is 80 percent um, of the film experience i think i wouldn't even say it's 50 50 i think when music's really great it's so much more powerful than anything else i think in in the scope of i think it's like a 2080 or a 3070 um it pushes so much farther and uh so i was just curious about kind of how you came about building that track and the creative process working with misha and and um working on that project in in, in total how was that for you uh wow yeah that's uh that's also a big topic um but it was great. It was pretty much really everything that I just tried to describe because I have the feeling with Misha, he's, um, he takes a while probably picking the people that he wants to, he wants to work with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so that, that's where his focus is on. And once he picked them, he, he, he trusts them completely. I'm, 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 I will be very curious to hear, uh, how uh, your experience uh, w- with him was about that, but because because I I felt the moment he he asked me, and we, it was the same with the off titles in two thousand eleven for the for the off festival. Yeah, it just said, "Once you, you want to do it," and he, you know, just let me do what I wanted to do, what I felt was right, and hmm. not being unreflective. You know, he had input, obviously, but but um, it's quite unique because the way he approaches stuff. Mm, I I don't think I experience this with, with with anyone else because um, it's not I don't like the bass in bar three and could you do this and could you do this it's more really feel yeah exactly yeah exactly feel and reflect on what is there yeah and so you always have the feeling of of actually moving on of getting somewhere after you discuss something without having the feeling that what you did before was for nothing. Yeah. That's a really great feeling to have as a creative collaborator with somebody. Absolutely. But also I think that you, you know, like you said, he picks people wisely. He waits and finds the right person that fits perfectly and lets them do what they do best. And I think that's a, a very smart position to take instead of trying to, mold and craft and push and force and cram somebody to match what you want it's almost like hey i have this world let's play in this sandbox together and i'm just curious to see what you make and you know ushering you along silently but kind of allowing you to do what you do best which is create that feeling you know yeah 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 
the piece is beautiful though and totally helps support that um film in general i mean it's just i can't imagine it without it you know it's it's a very unique thing what's the future look like for you personally we gotta sorry i gotta wrap this up in the next couple minutes here but i wanted to know are you are you going to be going into more cinema um are you is that something that you're curious about doing more building out um what's the future look like for you um that 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 remains to be seen obviously but what I, if, if i could choose <laughs> hmm. and what i want to pursue is is films yes it always was really um i was always more inspired by pictures and images like a visual media or art in general than i was by music mm-hmm. um, my very like i always had a very my, my very personal definition of what I like uh, musically and for some reason what I listen to is about 200% different from what I make so I'm not exactly sure where the relation there is at all <laughs> sure uh, but um, I can I can connect so much more to um, to visual art in just in general that uh, yeah making making film music is what I want to do. What I always wanted to do and what I technically always did, it's just that most of the times there were no movie for it. So it's, it, it's you know, you see something or you, you have an alternative soundtrack in mind for something. So if, if I could pick, I would say, I hope the future is in music. Eh, sorry, in, <laughs> in music and in, in films. In films, yes. And so that's what you're aiming for. Yeah, I, well, I'm not exactly sure how you would do that as a, as a musician because uh, my experience is you get more or less uh, chosen, you know. Um, you get found, I think, yeah. Yeah, found is, is, is actually the better word. But um, yeah, that's um, what I would try to, to be. I would try, I would try to be found, <laughs> probably. But um, and, uh, until then, I just continue... Uh, writing music for non-existent films, you know, and probably um, uh, see where this is going. Awesome. That's really great to know. I mean, it's, it's exciting for me because um, obviously I think that you, you, the way that you build and compose things go perfectly with moving picture. So I think it's a really great, I think it's a great way of combining both worlds in a, in a really harmonious way. Okay, last question. You ready? Absolutely. If you had one week to live, what would you do at that time? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my. It's a good one. That is a good one. So, um, one week to live. What I would do at that time? Yeah. Um, wow. Living very much in the here and now, that is like the most difficult question you could ask me because I rarely think more than a couple of days ahead. Um, (laughs) Would you be doing the same thing that you're doing now? No. I I would not let my tax advisor or my landlord know. (laughs) I'd probably grab all my savings and try to get... Um, well, it really depends on the week when that happens. But what I <laughs> always wanted to see a classical American Indian summer, you know, like uh, like autumn 
in American forests or Canadian forests. Mm. That's what I would really like to be. And given the chance that this week happens sometime between the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> you're being so German about it. You're picking the time and everything. It's so funny. Time is not an option. Then I would say, um, I will grab a couple of friends and we'll go to a cabin in the forest and just have a good week. Awesome. And see what happens. Really, really, um, be close and, and, relaxed and you know be, being together with people awesome um, that's important because that in, in 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 our line of work that sometimes um happens too rarely yes and, um, take this week and just focus on on that i think <laughs> the reason why i ask that is because i i often wonder how we misalign ourselves with our real um intentions you know and i think when i ever ask myself that i realize how misaligned i am yeah if if you have one week to live and it's doing the opposite thing that you're doing now then you are completely off your path you know (laughs) so i think it's important to reflect on that i think it's a powerful thing to do and it's hard it's hard to be honest with yourself you know to realize that you're you're not on the same path that you should be you know but it is. it's all choice. It is. So it is. I think. I think if I would have not didn't done enough of, of personal work, my answer would have probably been write an album or something. Sure. But but my my entire life re, re, revolves and resolves around music, uh, no matter what I do. So I think, and 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 not do. I'm not going on holidays very often. And actually, the first time I went on holidays, the first time last year, uh, for the last time I went on holidays was when I was eight or nine. <laughs> um, so it was a revelation. I thought, oh, this is what people do. And it's interesting. It is interesting. And I working, but I just not actively, you know, taking the part of, of escape and go somewhere. Sure. And um, I strongly agree with you. Like, if, if I do. I couldn't have said it any better, really. Like if your answer is 180 degrees different from what you do for a living, you should have thoughts. And we, I, I do have them. But like I said before, uh, there's nothing to regret. It's just if I know there's only one week, I would not stress myself anymore about anything. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know? sure. Yeah, you Even can the, abandon those those normal things, yeah. Yeah, like the, the ultimate form of enjoyment and togetherness. Yeah. Um, and I, I do miss that sometimes, but um, I think the, the, the question alone would, would, again, you could you could turn that into a special episode of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a little bit morbid. I mean, I had this one thing that I shared with everybody. I got it from a friend, my friend Vitaly, who... Um, is is a very prolific human being and he shared this thing it's a chart of your life and time say you were to live to 80 years old and it shows your week and uh, it shows all the weeks of your life that you have left and um, every week you can pencil it in and it's a bit more but I think a lot of it's too hard for people to see for me I I, you know you got to look at your life and take it and grasp it and, and do what you do one of the things that I extracted from an interview that I read of yours is 
you said that music is the only thing that you would do. Like that is it, you know, like, and you've defined that and you've chosen to let your life be about that. And I, and I appreciate that as a, as another creative, it's very difficult. I think sometimes to be sidetracked by, well, reality is hard and it's not easy to make music or it's not easy to make art. Uh, there's a million reasons not to do the things that you're supposed to be doing, but there's only the right one. And the only person that's going to get you there is yourself, but just talking about intentions and stuff. So, yeah, but man, this has been a really amazing call. I'm so, I'm so happy. We finally got you on the show and I'm just really, yeah, obviously throughout the conversation, you know, I'm a big fan and I can't wait to see what you do next. And it would be great to someday collaborate with you. It'd be a lot of fun, I'm sure. So, well, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm humbled for the opportunity and for the uh, for you taking the time. It's really, really a pleasure. And whenever you need me, you know where to find me. Uh, I won't move. <laughs> Epic. I'm um, looking forward to that. Then I have plenty of things we could talk about. Then. <laughs> Wonderful. Awesome. <laughs> so thank you so much, and have a great day. And thank you again for coming on the show. And that does it for this week's episode. Big thank you to Ben Boyson for coming on and sharing his time with us this week. You can find links to Ben's work and all the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectedpodcast.com slash 116, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. Be powerful. Be prolific. Peace out.